0: The Baroness de Mossipan, Original Short Stories. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. De Mossipan, Original Short Stories. It has been translated into English by Albert M. C. McMaster. A. E. Henderson, and Madame Quissada and others. The Baroness. Come with me, said my friend. Bois-René, you will see some very interesting bric-a-brac and works of art there. He conducted me to the first floor of an elegant house in one of the big streets of Paris. We were welcomed by a very pleasing man, with excellent manners, who led us from room to room, showing us rare things, the price of which he mentioned carelessly. Large sums—ten, twenty, thirty, fifty thousand francs—dropped from his lips with such grace and ease that one could not doubt that this gentleman merchant had millions shut up in his safe. I had known him by reputation for a long time—very bright, clever, intelligent. He acted as intermediary in all sorts of transactions. He kept in touch with all the richest art amateurs in Paris, and even of Europe and America, knowing their tastes and preferences. He apprised them by letter, or by wire if they lived in a distant city, as soon as he knew of some work of art which might suit them. Men of the best society had had recourse to him in times of difficulty, either to find money for gambling, or to pay off a debt, OR TO SELL A PICTURE, A FAMILY JEWEL, OR A TAPESTRY. IT IS SAID THAT HE NEVER REFUSED HIS SERVICES WHEN HE SAW A CHANCE OF GAIN. WHILE RENÉ SEEMED VERY INTIMATE WITH THIS STRANGE MERCHANT, THEY MUST HAVE WORKED TOGETHER IN MANY A DEAL. I OBSERVED THE MAN WITH GREAT INTEREST. HE WAS TALL, THIN, BALD, VERY ELEGANT. HIS SOFT, INSINUATING VOICE HAD A peculiar, TEMPTING CHARM WHICH SEEMED TO GIVE THE OBJECTS A SPECIAL VALUE. When he held anything as his hands, he turned it round and round, looking at it with such skill, refinement, and sympathy that the object seemed immediately to be beautiful and transformed by his look and touch. And its value increased in one's estimation, after the object had passed from the showcase to his hands. And your crucifix, Bois-René, said? That beautiful Renaissance crucifix, which you showed me last year? The man smiled and answered. It has been sold, and in a very peculiar manner. There is a real Parisian story for you. Would you like to hear it? With pleasure. Do you know the Baroness saint Yes and no. I have seen her once, but I know what she is. You know—everything? Yes. Would you mind telling me, so that I can see whether you are not mistaken? Certainly." Madame Saint-Maurice is a woman of the world who has a daughter, without anybody having known her husband. At any rate, she is received in a certain tolerant or blind society. She goes to church and devoutly partakes of communion, so that every one may know it, and she never compromises herself. She expects her daughter to marry as well. Is that correct? Yes, but I will complete your information." SHE IS A WOMAN WHO MAKES HERSELF RESPECTED BY HER ADMIRERS IN SPITE OF EVERYTHING. THAT IS A RARE QUALITY, FOR IN THIS MANNER SHE CAN GET WHAT SHE WISHES FROM A MAN. THE MAN WHOM SHE HAS CHOSEN, WITHOUT HIS SUSPECTING IT, COURTS HER FOR A LONG TIME, LONGS FOR HER TIMIDLY, WINS HER WITH ASTONISHMENT, AND POSSESSES HER WITH CONSIDERATION. HE DOES NOT NOTICE THAT HE IS PAYING. SHE IS SO TACTFUL and she maintains her relations on such a footing of reserve and dignity that he would slap the first man who dared doubt her in the least. And all this in the best of faith. Several times I have been able to render little services to this woman. She has no secrets from me. Toward the beginning of January she came to me in order to borrow 30,000 francs. Naturally I did not lend them to her, but, as I wished to oblige her, I told her to explain her situation to me completely, so that I might see whether there was not something that I could do for her. She told me her troubles in such cautious language that she could not have spoken more delicately of her child's first communion. I finally managed to understand that times were hard and that she was penniless. The commercial crisis, political unrest, rumors of war had made money scarce even in the hands of her clients, and then, of course, she was very particular. She would associate only with a man in the best of society who could strengthen her reputation as well as help her financially. A reveler, no matter how rich, would have compromised her forever and would have made the marriage of her daughter quite doubtful. She had to maintain a house household expenses and continued to entertain, in order not to lose the opportunity of finding, among her numerous visitors, the discreet and distinguished friend for whom she was waiting, and whom she would choose. I showed her that my thirty thousand francs would have ha- had but little likelihood of returning to me, for, after spending them all, she would have had to find at least sixty thousand more, in a lump. pay me back. She seemed very disheartened when she heard this. I did not know just what to do, when an idea, a really fine idea, struck me. I had just bought this Renaissance crucifix which I showed you—an admirable piece of workmanship, one of the finest of its land that I have ever seen. My dear friend, I said to her, I am going to send you that piece of ivory. You will invent some ingenious, touching, poetic story, anything you wish, to explain your desire for parting with it. It is, of course, a family heirloom left to you by your father. I myself will send you amateurs, or will bring them to you. The rest concerns you. Before they come, I will drop you a line about their position, both social and financial. This crucifix is worth 50,000 francs but I will let it go for thirty thousand. The difference will belong to you." She considered the matter seriously for several minutes, and then answered, "'Yes. It is, perhaps, a good idea. I thank you very much.' The next day I sent her my crucifix, and the same evening the Baron Saint-Hôpital. For three months I sent her my best clients, from a business point of view but I heard nothing more from her. One day I received a visit from a foreigner who spoke very little French. I decided to introduce him personally to the baroness in order to see how she was getting along. A footman in black livery received us and ushered us into a quiet little parlour, furnished with taste, where we waited for several minutes. She appeared, charming as usual, extended her hand to me, and invited us to be seated— and when I had explained the reason for my visit, she rang. The footman appeared. See if Mademoiselle Isabel can let us go into her oratory. The young girl herself brought the answer. She was about fifteen years of age, modest and good to look upon in the sweet freshness of her youth. She wished to conduct us herself to her chapel. It was a kind of religious boudoir, where a silver lamp was burning before the crucifix, my crucifix, on a background of black velvet. The setting was charming and very clever. The child crossed herself and then said, "'Look, gentlemen, isn't it beautiful?' I took the object, examined it, declared it to be remarkable. The foreigner also examined it, but he seemed much more interested in the two women than the crucifix." a delicate odour of incense, flowers, and perfume pervaded the whole house. One felt at home there. This really was a comfortable home, where one could have liked to linger. We had returned to the parlour, and I delicately broached the subject of the price. Madame de Saint-Maurice lowered her eyes, asked fifty thousand francs. Then she added, "'If you wish to see it again, monsieur, I very seldom go out before three o'clock, and I can be found at home every day. In the street the stranger asked me for some details about the Baroness, whom he had found charming. But I did not hear anything more from either of them. Three months passed by. One morning, hardly two weeks ago, she came here at about lunchtime, and, placing a roll of bills in my hand, said— My dear, you are an angel. Here are 50,000 francs. I am buying your crucifix, and I am paying 20,000 francs more for it than the price agreed upon, on condition that you always, always, send your clients to me, for it is still for sale. Read by Roy Schreiber